Hi, and welcome to Aspect Ratio Projects One to One. My name is Jennifer Armetta, and I am the director of the gallery. Aspect Ratio Projects is a contemporary art gallery located in Chicago. We represent emerging and mid-career conceptual artists from around the world. This is our series of podcasts that we look at as sort of an informal fireside chat with our artists. Time to get personal, have some fun, and learn about art and our artists. I'm happy to be speaking with David Leggett today. Thank you, Darby Jack Gustafson, our associate intern, for producing this event. Hello, David. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. You're lucky to be in sunny LA. A little overcast today. <laughs> oh, no. All right. We're beating you out on the sun thing, but <laughs> we'll move on from the weather. Um, why don't we start, you know, at the proverbial beginning? Um, maybe share with us how you got into art. You know, everyone has a unique path, I think. Uh, sure. I got into art very young, mostly because it was something I could do by myself. Uh, I wasn't really that uh, talkative of a kid, so art was something that uh, interests me a lot. I just wasn't that good at sports or other group <laughs> activities, so art, uh, it just it made a lot of sense. I hear that from a number of people, artists that you know say they got into it for various reasons, but one that is one of them, that it was a way to kind of, you know, have that creative process flow, a way to not necessarily, in your case, I'm not sure, but to cope with certain situations. And I know a few photographers that have said, like, they've kind of hidden behind the lens, and that was their way to just view the world. Your art is interesting because currently, you know, there's a lot of, you know, popular culture in it. You use different techniques, painting, collage. Did, what did you start out with? What was the thing that first grabbed your attention with regard to your practice? Well, I, want, I really was into uh, comic books and I wanted to be an illustrator. And that's uh, my BFA is in illustration. So I really, that's where the focus came from for pop culture and trying to be humorous uh, just because I knew I wasn't the most uh, could render uh, as well <laughs> as some of the, the the illustrators I liked a lot so humor was a, another way to um, to convey my ideas so did you read a lot of comic books when you were younger then I'm guessing oh uh, yes I, I collected a lot of comic <laughs> books and spent far too much money uh, comic books and that was my first uh job when i was a teenager was working in a comic book shop oh no way oh my gosh and it's carried through uh, to yeah. present day <laughs> so moving from that how did you, you did some time in chicago um how did you wind up in chicago because maybe you want to share where you grew up and, and kind of how that happened so i'm originally uh, from massachusetts and i went to mm. undergrad in savannah georgia and while in the uh, Savannah, I uh, came across this art history book, uh, Art Since 1945. It had this tiny blurb of the Chicago images in it. Ah. And you know, this is 2000, so the internet searches were, you couldn't find anything on the images. And the few books that were out on uh, people like uh, Jim Nutt, it was very, it was, they were out of stock and um, it just wasn't as concise as it is today. But when I saw their work, I was like, oh, I really liked it because it, it, it reflected a lot of what I was interested in as an illustrator where it was pop culture, but it was also 
they were in, they they really seem to be interested in pop culture. Unlike uh, for me, a lot of the New York uh, pop artists just left me a little bit cold. Where it seems like it was always a critique on people's use of certain products. Where the images, uh, particularly the Harry Who, seem to be like oh no they actually use these products they actually like wrestling they actually like uh, burlesque and things like like that what year did you come to chicago so after uh, that uh, art history book i was like oh i i want to see what it's like in chicago and since when i came to grad school in 2003 i also i wanted to meet carrie james marshall at the time Mm, at the time right. I didn't realize how easy it would be to meet all those people and I think I met them all within <laughs> the first few months uh which is kind of crazy now because that's impossible uh, but then <laughs> it was 2003 and I feel like that type of success those artists didn't have as they do now right you had amazing timing yeah <laughs> how did you meet Carrie James Marshall I mean he's you know, an icon, especially here in Chicago. <laughs> he had a survey show uh, at the MCA in 2003. And oh, okay. I, uh, I got to meet him uh, as I was doing, as he was doing signing for his catalog. And I remember I had all these things I wanted to say to him. It's like, oh, it's like yeah, how much I enjoyed his work and everything. And once I finally got up to him, I I couldn't work up the nerve to say anything other than I really enjoy your work. <laughs> <laughs> turned around and walked away. Oh my gosh. Maybe you can send him a note. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I talked to him since. So oh good. <laughs> Did you relay that that conversation or that experience to him? He oh no, I never 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 brought it up. He's such a kind person. I don't know him personally, but we've had brief encounters at, at the yeah, MCA nice. as well. Yes. So coming, getting to Chicago, you were at SAIC. Yes. And that's where you got your, your MFA. What I'm interested in is, is how you look at what's happening in popular culture, contemporary society, and you have a really good way of capturing things right in that moment. Um, and one thing you said to me recently that I actually really loved was that you're not trying to tell people how to feel, but you're presenting things that happen. I mean, certainly some things are very difficult, um, but you you definitely put them together in a way that I think, at least personally, I believe people can really relate to. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about the theme of that show, because in my opinion, it very much carries through to what you're still doing today. And obviously you've evolved. Sure. Uh, so that show was titled Their Funeral, Our Dance Floor. Okay. And it featured a few uh, topics I still use today. One being Black Bart. And mm -hmm. my interest in Black Bart is when I was a kid, the symptoms were wildly popular. And so were bootleg shirts. And one of the bootleg shirts was a Black Bart. And Black Bart usually would have, whether well, it was hip hop lyrics of the time on the shirt, or it would have uh, political messages like Free Mandela or talk about apartheid. And it's interesting, it interests me because I feel things constantly go in circles. Like when I saw Black Lives Matter uh, come around, there's people who are definitely very interested in in this just like they were interested in these 
very serious uh, issues back in the early, uh, late 80s, early 90s. But then you also see fashion trends of, okay, where this is someone just wearing a slogan on the shirt. And that's what Black Bart represents to me, where it's this slogan of sometimes it's it's meaningful, but other times it can just be, it's just a fashion trend. Right. In every piece that you create, do you find that you incorporate some humor and the seriousness of the message that, or the issue that you're addressing? Well, I never, uh, I, I'm not thinking about putting humor in work. It just okay. happens that way. <laughs> I think it's just my personality, just because I, maybe it's just how I was raised. Just, we always make fun of everything, even <laughs> if it's like, even if it's not a, a subject you should make fun of it's just how we were and, you know so if a family member passed away certainly we would be sad but then you, after the funeral you would we would then have a, like a little bit of a roast session right. um, thinking about things that they they did or said nothing mean-spirited but just right. remembering them in a funny way yeah but humor I mean humor gets us through a lot I mean I think that that says a lot about you and your outlook of life Yes, and in the the Shane uh, show, um, there was a painting with Black Bart. It was titled "Invited to the Cookout," and the phrase "Invited to the Cookout" is for uh, white people who are allowed to, to eat with black people that they do positive things for the community. Uh, so, in the the painting, there's Bart. And there's this abstract field of color and black lines. And then there's somewhat of an obscured image of the Texas pool party uh, incident that happened a few years prior to 2017, uh, where a black uh, girl was arrested in a bikini by a white officer for Mm -hmm. simply being in a white neighborhood at a pool party. And for me, it just stuck in my head. It was like, it just seemed like it was so harmless and also how this cop was so he did a barrel roll if you look at the the video of this incident where it's like it didn't seem like people were that threatening being in their swim trunks and uh uh swimsuits so let me ask you this because artists work in different ways and some are very planned out and then other like with regard to shows so when you're thinking about a show do you come up with the concept and then build the work or are you, I mean, you are very, very prolific and, and dedicated to in your studio from you know, generalized, but nine to five every day, you're, you're constantly working. So when you think about a show, does that, do you come up with a theme in your head or are you just working and suddenly things just morph together? Yeah, I'm, I'm just working and things uh, come together. Uh, sometimes uh, there may be more of a focus on something Generally, it's uh, if it's works on paper, they can probably be a little bit more theme based, just mm-hmm. because uh, I will do uh, screen printing and coll- and probably use it, the same collage materials, so those mm-hmm. can look a little bit more close to one another versus paintings, which can be very different from one another. Well, and your paintings, I mean, I, like, I think I said this to you recently too, it's like whether they're your large scale or more of your medium, I feel like they're just so powerful visually, even before you, you know, step in and take another kind of glance and try and understand the concept behind them, but they, they need their space. 
it's kind of to breathe, I feel like. And, um, and just having one piece, you know, on a wall can be very dominant and in, you know, a gallery, I feel like. So you, there's the humor, there's materials, there's color, all these things I feel help bring the viewer into to a subject matter that could be very, very intense. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about political art. I, I think sometimes you just get hit over the head and you might just like recoil and walk away where I'm trying to at least keep you there for X amount of time where it, it may be a slow read until you, you realize what everything's going on. You might even laugh at something and then later you recoil that you just laugh at a, a something that is not a popular opinion. Right. Well, that's where the detail is so important in your work. You know, I mean, it is completely true that you can step back and look at something from across the gallery, but for sure you're going to find yourself taking steps forward to, you know, to, for closer examination. But like the large color fields in a lot of your paintings, I think that it sends to me some sort of abstraction. But then, you know, there's obviously collaged figures. And now in your most you're coming up show, your most recent work, you have done some figurative work. How did that come to be? Well, I, I realized I, I don't do figurative painting that much. And I know that yeah. sounds strange. I mean, I'm 40 years old and I even think I would know this, but um, <laughs> normally it's, I usually just focused on a face or the head and it just simply is like, well, it's like, why haven't I done a figure, a figure of painting? And the one painting in the show, blanking on the title right now, I'm sorry, the titles are, are jelling in my head, but the, oh. one, <laughs> the <laughs> the one painting uh, it has uh, several uh, black women and it's uh, their dress well they're strippers but they're dressed as um, magicians as well mm-hmm. and it was right. what I liked about the photo was they were various complexions and it, immediately I thought of oh it's kind of reminds me of a Carrie James Marshall in a way um different complexions of, of black women and I loved how they were staring back at the viewer and I, I thought mm-hmm. that would be interesting in a painting right so you took that off of an, another image that you saw yes a photograph yes gotcha. it was the back of a magazine interesting and you know what was funny is that you sent me like a you know, an iteration of it before it was completed. And at that time, I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. I, you know, he's doing some figures in here. and But there were just really delicate outlines. And I, I'll be honest, I was like, this is really cool. And then you're like, you informed me that you were not done. And obviously the, the end result is, you know, much more powerful. But I was really excited to see the progression of that um, and just to get a, more of a sense of how you work in that way. Yeah, and, um, you know, as I was working on it, it the more and more uh, detail that I was adding, it just, it made me laugh thinking like, oh, I never really uh, do figurative work. <laughs> and so like, right. I, I know how to draw and paint the figure. It just, just been, it's been never, I guess, something I had that much interest in doing. Uh, and it certainly isn't, it right. isn't, hasn't anything to do with current trends today. It's just, something I guess is a little bit of a one-off a little bit right a highly unique unique painting (laughs) um well I certainly don't see you as someone following trends anyways I see you more as an observer and and um, I don't say storyteller that sounds way too cliche but someone that's 
yeah, putting things together, um, you know, like you said, and somewhat, I don't want to say elegant way, but in a way that can be consumed and draws the viewer in and has some, you know, strong social, political, or cultural commentary. One thing I am wondering when we were talking about you growing up and discovering art, I'm back backtracking a little here, but did you, was it something that you felt supported in? Was this something that your friends understood, your family supported? Um, Cause it's, it's different. I mean, you know, there's certain buckets that kids or young adults seem to fall into and art is not as common as some of the other, you know, more obvious ones. So how did you feel about that? Were you supported by friends and family? Yes. And, and, and no, no one in my family made art. So mm-hmm. it definitely was a little strange. However, my mother and father did support uh, my art making. And my mom paid for a lot of different little art classes that were around Springfield, Mass. at the time. Wow. And uh-huh. I mean, she even paid for me to go to Boston for uh, take summer classes there when I was uh, 16. Wow. Uh, the high school that I went to it just happened to be one of the best uh, high schools for art in Massachusetts, but it's such no a, it had such a low budget to begin with, but I'm not, I don't think there these companies are there anymore. Strathmore and Canson uh, papers mm-hmm. had factories uh, in Western Mass. So they donated a lot of uh, materials to my high school. So having those materials and having, the support of the high school made the making art much uh, easier. And I think my parents saw saw that, that, you know, it's a high school that won a lot of awards and I've won uh, both state and national awards from from the high school, from different uh, contests. And they, I think seeing that made them realize that it was a possibility of of something to do. Do you ever, Feel like teaching? Oh, I, I have taught. Um, I stopped teaching in 2016. I enjoy it. I think what I enjoy more is being a visiting artist mm-hmm. to, to uh, <laughs> schools. You, it's almost like you can c- corrupt students and leave. You, you don't right. have to. You, you don't have to. You can say something, and then like you don't have to like keep following up with it every every week. You right. can say it once, and you're gone. Exactly. It's like the aunt or uncle that gets the newborn and loves them and then hands it back to the parent. <laughs> Super exactly. happy. <laughs> but so let's let's talk about your show. You're doing a show coming up very quickly here at Aspect Ratio Projects called Four Door Lexus. I guess we, we don't need to go through every piece, but one piece that also I, I believe is really going to stand out is the clown. I'll let you introduce him. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, so, so Homie the, Cl- the Clown is uh, a character from Living Color. And I, I guess mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much I'm dating myself by this character. Uh, <laughs> so many things that I'm interested in pop culture are from when I was a kid. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I don't feel old, but it's like uh, talking to younger millennials or Gen Z, and they have no idea who these characters are. So Homie, uh, the clown, was created by Damon Wayans, and it's kind of mm-hmm. loosely based on um, Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney was Richard Pryor, one of Richard Pryor's writers. Uh, and okay. Paul Mooney, is, his comedy is 
very heavily race-based and very critical of of white culture and very critical of hypocrisies in American culture. And Homie Clown is constantly dealing with the world and how the world always wants to put him down and take his dignity. And so me using homie is, it's, it's just, it's a like placement for, for um, different uh, events that happen today. When you select someone like that, like Casper or, you know, anyone else, like what are you, are you trying to pull people back to that time? Are you trying to place them in context and like that, you know, the current time frame? What is your thought? Or is it just all about, is it about the humor? Because it seems like it's more than that to me. Yeah. For me, I, I'm, I'm not thinking about it as pulling from pop culture. It's, it's just pulling from my own experience and my own interests. I'm also not trying to make it as contemporary. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I, I do like that Homie is not um, something that everyone knows, that it's a little bit more of a you would have to do a little bit more research on on him and on the show in living color and i feel once you do that if you're so interested it definitely will make it that much more hitting and maybe you'll be surprised by some of the commentary that was being said in the early 90s and how they relate to our climate today right well because the wayne's brothers were very provocative, forward thinking. They addressed issues, but much like you, with a lot of humor, of course. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the humor that they had, you just couldn't get away with today. But this was something, and and also with Richard Pryor or Paul Mooney, there's so many of these things, subject matters that they're joking about that probably would get you in trouble today, but right. it, it was social commentary and it was very like sharp and very to the point and very in your face. Yeah. Do you feel the constraints of that with art? Do you feel like there are things that you can't get away with as much today or do you feel the exact opposite? I don't worry about it, uh, but I do know that there's, <laughs> there are subjects that will definitely get you in trouble. The The thing is, I'm not afraid of anyone when it comes so, I mean, I will tell you exactly how I feel about about something. And I think that may be the issue where people worry about being, quote unquote, canceled or worried right. about someone confronting them. I mean, I, I grew up in a, like, the area, you know, I grew up in more of the projects and things like that. So I had no problem with someone trying to confront me. I'm not going to be afraid of that. I'm fairly blunt too and, and direct, but it is, you know, it is hard like in this day and age to know what's appropriate to say or not. Cause I feel like something could have been fine to say yesterday and then it's not today. And I don't think many people have bad intentions, but you know, yeah. we're, we're definitely. <laughs> and that's never my intention. I'm never trying to make someone feel bad or try to hurt anyone's feelings. And I, and I, I don't really care for that type of, humor or art where you're just purposely trying to be you know an asshole you know it's just right. not that's not really <laughs> exactly that's not my uh, my interest um but you know I, I i'm never offended by that type of stuff either you seem you're more of a smart ass not an asshole yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so 
I guess um, I would really kind of just like to wrap up with talking about your show, talking about anything to anything new and interesting that you have coming up outside of that. You are, I feel like you're so busy all the time. What else do you have coming up this year or projects you're thinking about? Yeah. So uh, well, currently I have an online show at James Fuentes. It's just a uh, works on paper, uh, James Fuentes in New York. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the summer I'm doing a solo show uh, with Steve Turner again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be paint, little smaller paintings. And then doing the Armory show with Steve Turner. And uh, then coming back to Chicago to do works on paper at an Anthony Gallery. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, you do have a lot going on. And so we didn't even, I forgot to even ask you this. Like how, how do you feel about living in LA now? You're in LA, you made the move. Um, what informed that decision? Well, I lived in Chicago for 14 years. I never planned on being there for that long. Um, <laughs> originally, I was thinking I'll uh, be in Chicago for uh, grad school, and then I will take off to New York. That never never happened. And then around 2016, uh, uh, my girlfriend Beth and I, we decided we wanted to move. And we we're thinking between New York or L.A., and eventually we uh, chose L.A. It just seemed like it was a different type of uh, place uh, we, we had visited. Um, it just, it seemed different. Where New York, mm-hmm. it, it kind of felt like we're both from originally from the East, uh, Northeast, and it just felt like we knew that. So has, how, I mean, if at all, I don't know, but has it informed your practice being in a completely different location? I mean, LA is very different from Chicago, obviously. So has that had an impact? I, I, I can't say it, it, it has and it hasn't. The thing about being in Southern California, you realize, like, <laughs> you, you, I start to get certain stereotypes of, of, of just the laid backness Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like caring less about things where it's like oh well it's it's like i'll get that when i get back to that or i'll deal with that later it, it, I, at first i kind of disliked that and now slowly it's been bleeding into my own <laughs> it's like that oh, i'll get back to it oh, okay that are you slacking of, off like, in the studio now <laughs> little you know that is just like in, like responding to like a phone call or emails like I see it. I'll, I'll get back to it. It's it's very, very California. Yes, that is very California. I definitely spent time out there, lived out there a couple of times. And there is that part that's just, I mean, yeah, because I, well, I grew up in the Midwest, went to school, actually not far from you in Boston. Um, so yeah, going out there was a bit of culture shock, um, but not not in a bad way. I don't mean it, it was just so different for me. But, and, the, and right. this is what I find interesting too, that like, in Chicago and New York, there's so much built around that energy in the evening. You know, it's like it meets after work or they do this and that. And then in California, because it's so beautiful all the time, there's much more energy focused on the day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a different vibe. And it definitely, it, um, in comparison to Chicago, uh, there's so much to see art-wise. And there's, there is, there's an art scene here that it's, <laughs> much bigger and it's always interesting seeing so many people 
going to a show in the middle of the week where I'm not right. used to that, where, you know, you go to a gallery in Chicago or, or even New York where you might see a few people in, in the gallery during regular business hours, but in LA, you can go to show out on a Tuesday afternoon and there's, you know, 30 people inside the gallery. Yeah. What do you find with the art artist community out there? Do you like it? Do you feel like it's like a, you know, a really kind of refined network of people that are close and supportive? I, I like it. Uh, there's so many there, people doing different things. I, I feel like no matter what you do, you're going to find your your crowd. If you're mm-hmm. like more abstract or if you focus on airbrush or if you did more street art, you're going to find your your crowd of, of people. And eventually you're going to start seeing each other all the time at shows because it's, you. everyone's, if you're interested in one thing, for sure, you're going to see the other people right. there as well. And then that's how you're going to start to get to know people is from the constant seeing, bumping into one another at these different openings, um, just having the same interests. Right. Well, and you share your studio mate also made the migration from Chicago out to LA, which did you plan that together? Was your timing the same or did, how did that work? No, I, I think uh, Amanda was uh, in LA for maybe probably 10 years before I, before I Oh, 10. Out. I didn't know it was that long. Okay. okay. Yeah. And my first uh, studio was in Vernon, uh, California. Uh, so just south of downtown. Okay. And that studio was kind of, had a had a lot of a lot of issues with, with leaking and had rats. Oh no! Oh, so, no. <laughs> so Shane and Jules uh, told me that Amanda was looking for a studio mate, and that's when I moved uh, <laughs> to that studio. But I was in the Vernon studio for a little over a year before oh, wow. I uh, uh, moved out to Highland Park. Much better without rats. Well, and leaking but, when you have artwork in there—that's not good. I was perfectly fine but whenever a studio visit would happen i would like pray that there wouldn't be like a rat that would just come <laughs> running which did happen it did oh yeah did the person did they completely freak out or were they cool about it they were completely cool and i was surprised <laughs> oh my gosh well this has been really interesting david thank you for taking the time i really appreciate it. i always learn so much from these about you know each artist and thank you thanks very for much. having me Yeah. And please be sure to rate our podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to know more about David and Aspect Ratio projects, please visit our website and subscribe to our newsletter to receive up-to-date information on all of our artists, shows, and projects. And don't miss David's show coming up on May 8th. Thank you. 